you're new to SWAT radio or haven't listened for a while, we want to remind you that SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and SWAT radio is an outgrowth of uh, the SWAT Bible studies here locally led by Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. Doug is usually on, as you know, along with Brad Sykes. Uh, Both Doug and Brad are away today, and we'll get back to Brad in a minute. Um, But SWAT is built on the pillars of God's Word, prayer, evangelism, discipleship and community. I hope I got those in the right order or Doug's going to get on me. But but anyway, uh, the SWAT radio is, is an outgrowth of the SWAT Bible studies uh, done here locally in the Jacksonville area by, by Doug each week. We're at a few different locations. If you're ever interested in attending one of the Bible studies in person, you can go to SWATradio.com and all the information about the weekly Bible studies, their times and where they're located um, is available on the SWATradio.com site. And finally, uh, SWAT Radio is, a, is like I said, a, an outgrowth of the Bible study, and what we're doing here is going through on a weekly basis really what Doug is covering in the, in the weekly Bible studies. Uh, you can listen to us uh, here locally on 91.7, 91.9, or 91.3 FM. Uh, we're also happy to have listeners in Meridian, Mississippi on WMOX and WMER on WPMH in Chesapeake, Virginia, and you can listen to the aforementioned SWATradio.com to hear us live each day or to listen to past programs. So with that introduction, I want to say hi to Bob. Bob is wearing today a very eclectic outfit. I'm dressed for radio today, as we might say. Well, we always joke (laughs) that I have a face for radio. Um, But Bob's in his Buffalo Bills hat. I got my Buffalo Bills hat on. His bright bright orange Tennessee Vols Charged it up shirt. all night last night. But but more importantly to me, he's got his Red Sox uh, mug, his Red Sox coffee or water mug. And Bob and I are, you know, now people are going to, we hope people what won't turn the radio <laughs> off here. But Don't turn it off. <laughs> we're both New Englanders. Uh, I'm from the Boston area. Bob is from Connecticut. And so uh, we're Sox fans. We love the Sox. That's right. It, we love the Sox. So I tried to tell David, the reason I'm wearing my Buffalo Bills hat and my Tennessee, because we lived there a little time. My daughter went to UT, and I don't get very many opportunities to have two good football teams at the same time. And you sure do. And so I may have one or two weeks to be in public and not hide my <laughs> face. But it's it's going to be a good weekend this weekend, and it's good to be here with you, David. Always good, good to, to be, be with, with a you. good Sox fan. That's right. We practice how we say Sox. That's and, right. Uh, That's right. We can always tell when... Uh, there's a, an actor in a movie trying to do a New England accent. You can't when you hear Just, Matt Damon or Mark Wahlberg. They're from there, so they're from there. They're they don't okay. have to. They don't have to fake it. But anyway, anyway, we I mentioned Brad earlier, and I just wanted to bring this up. Brad, as many of you know, has been away with family. He's, his grandson has been going through some serious um, surgery mm-hmm. uh, with some heart and and mainly heart, but issues that were also affecting his lungs and. I believe I, I hopefully I have this right. He he had surgery uh, as a, pretty much as a newborn. Shortly after he was born, 
uh, and then they had to wait till he was a little older. I think he's getting close to a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I apologize that I don't know his exact age, but he's been away and, and having uh, just had surgery in the last couple of days, serious surgery that was planned and that they knew was going to have to happen following the initial surgery. Um, he had transposed major arteries and, and, and those kinds of things. Well, the surgery, uh, to, as of now, uh, uh, Graham is doing very well. His prognosis well. looks good. Um, he's past a critical 48-hour mark. Um, of course, Brad and his wife are, are there in, in Dallas with uh, with their family. And um, so we praise God that, that Graham has come through the surgery, uh, that he appears to be doing well. We're, we're thankful for the for God's protection over him, for his comfort and peace that I know he's given that family. Oh, yeah. And, of course, for the skill and uh, unbelievable skill that the doctors have to do that kind it of surgery. It truly is, Dave. And I think I my marketplace job is in cardiology, and uh, I've got a nephew who was born with half of a heart. And knowing what the Graham had and the surgery involved – for him to get this far, I mean, the praises to God, the, the glory to God on, on what he's done through medicine and the doctors, and to be here today to talk about this little miracle is truly wonderful. It's inspiring, yeah. and uh, it's just great. to. We've been praying for Brad uh, for yeah. a long time and the whole family, and uh, it's great to report that to everybody here listening. So. Yeah, it really is. And, and also, I know that Brad and his wife and, and all their travels – haven't felt that great themselves. Mm-hmm. They've had some cold issues and respiratory issues, and uh, and they're feeling better, though. I did text with Brad a little bit, and they are feeling better, and they are getting ready to move on to see their other daughter who swims, I believe, for you in Colorado. I believe it's for yeah, University of Colorado. And they are off now to, to see her uh, swim and compete. So safe travels to them and, and prayers for them and their travels, but so glad to hear that uh, – Baby Graham is doing well. So keep them in your prayers, if you will. Um, now, Bob and I also wanted to mention, we, we talked about last Friday that we know each other th- uh, from SWAT and have ministered together, uh, learned together other learned under together. Doug and, and, and under God, of course, and, and, and ministered together at various SWAT functions. And um, But we also know each other from a ministry uh, hosted by Mandarin Presbyterian Church known as the Great Banquet, and we wanted to mention that this morning, uh, this morning, today, specifically because there is a great banquet going on right now over going at on right now. over at Mandarin Pres, and so we wanted to give a little bit of information about this ministry. It's been an important ministry to Bob and I. It's been really impactful on each of our lives, uh, and what it is, uh, I'll do my best to describe at high level. We don't want to give away too many. Uh, specifics of what happens on a great banquet weekend because uh, if there's anyone out there that ever attends as a guest uh, you do want to be a little bit surprised by what happens just for the full impact and the full blessing of of the weekend and so we try to keep some of the specifics uh, not to be secretive but just to to benefit those that are attending in the future but the great banquet is um, is a curcio style ministry Uh, Mm -hmm. curcio meaning short course in Christianity. And, and, and that sounds a little academic. And, and I can assure you that a weekend great banquet, it's actually 72 hours. It starts Thursday night and ends on Sunday afternoon, um, is anything but academic. Although you will learn greatly, uh, 
it is not academic in the sense of being dry or boring or anything like that. Um, the the weekend, it's if others of you may have heard of Curcio type events or or ministries called, for example, a Road to Emmaus. Road to Emmaus. Um, and there are others uh, in the Catholic tradition uh, I know as well that are Curcio style ministries. But Great Banquet Ministry is three days. Um, it's centered around um, talks given. By, by individuals who are on the team for that weekend, and the talks are on uh, basically focusing the first day on on us as individuals, or the second day uh, is about Jesus, and uh, and the third day is kind of like we talk about here. So, so what? How do so we what? how Put, do we go forward and live differently? Putting it in action. That's right. Yeah. So anyway, there are two banquets uh, in uh, in the spring and in the fall. Four total each year. Two for men, two for women. Bob, I know the. The women's weekend is going on right, right now, now, and um, we want to keep them in our prayers. Keep and them. The men's weekend is coming up in a couple of weeks, and right it's before a, Thanksgiving. Before Thanksgiving, yeah. it's a sponsored event, and so if you want more information about this deep dive into Christianity and really want to grow your faith, you can con, you know let let us know through SWAT Radio, and we can get we can reach out to you and get you more details. There's a website. Northeast Florida Great Banquet dot com. Yeah, I think it's just nefgb nefgb.com. Yep. Nefgb.com. Yep. And it's it's changed my life. It takes me a whole nother level. And I strongly encourage anybody listening out there, if you want to learn about this and uh any type of a, a, an experience like that, it really, really is strong. Yeah. And 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 to give just a bit more information, the way it works is you go through as a guest and you do have to be sponsored by someone but there's always a lot of people that are willing to sponsor if anybody has interest so you go through as a guest and the weekend is hosted by a team of individuals who have been through prior banquets and once you go through a great banquet you become a quote-unquote member of the great banquet and you can sponsor others going forward so it's a great way to advance the kingdom to move people along their discipleship journey um when people are ready, we can uh, get them a sponsor. Yep. We've and, we've and not only can you sponsor others, but you can then serve on future and great you can banquet serve teams. Too. And can, that's exciting. And you don't have to be on a team. There's always a million things to do on a weekend. They say that it takes 10,000 man hours mm-hmm. to put on a great banquet weekend for 30 guests. And I think that that is an accurate figure. It's a But it's a very well-organized, well-laid-out, um, I hate to use the word curriculum, but I'll say curriculum. But what happens within that structure is very personal, very real. very exciting, very real. And, and I guess the best testimony I can give is um, when you see people there on a Thursday night at check-in and when people first go back in and, and the banquet begins and we do a few icebreakers, the look on certain people on the guest's face sometimes is, uh-oh, what did I get myself into? By Sunday afternoon at the closing, those same guests are different people in many ways, and a lot of them it seem was, like they don't want to leave. It was one of their best weekends ever, and they we stay connected and build into each other after the banquet. It's yeah. really powerful. Very weekend. Well, thanks for letting us tell you a little bit about that. Again, keep Brad in your prayers and keep the great banquet weekend in your prayers. We're going to take our first break. Call us at 844-777-7928 if you have a question or a comment. And we will be right back on SWAT Radio. 
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Bob Grauman, happy to be with you today uh, in for Doug McCary and Brad Sykes. Uh, Doug will, actually, Doug is traveling a bit next week. You and I were talking uh, about this beforehand, and I know... You and I are going to be on again, I think, a couple times next week. We're going to do it again next week. Taylor will be back, and uh, so uh, we'll do our best here to fill some big shoes of of, of Doug and Brad's uh, while they're gone. But we'll get we're... the Sox brothers yeah. back. <laughs> That'd be wicked awesome. Wicked awesome. Wicked awesome. All right. Well, we are, uh, before we jump into the scripture, it's Acts 18, 1 to 11, that uh, Doug has been uh, teaching on this week. And uh, we want to we want to get to that kind of in the Friday format that we've been using over the last several weeks. Um, before we do that, Bob, I know uh, we mentioned this last Friday, and uh, I think we're not going to surprise anybody by reminding people that Thanksgiving is right, right around the corner. But uh, I know uh, you had mentioned, and I agree that it's a great time for people to to especially think about uh, ministry and ministering to others. In the the spirit of serving, I think that's one of the great ministries of a believer is to serve, and that's how we we become the hands and the feet through serving. And I think there's a lot of ministries out there that are serving the homeless, serving people underprivileged that don't have your – and you may find just in your own neighborhoods, whatever. um, I know there's a ministry that I work with called Saved to Serve, the number Saved, number two, Serve. They have a Facebook page. They've got a couple events coming up on the 12th and the 19th, and I know there's many, many more, but I just encourage everybody to look out, go looking for opportunities to serve. Maybe take your small group, couples group, whatever you may do, your family, uh, food kitchens, all those kind of things Mm -hmm. are really out there. They need bodies. They need people, and what a great opportunity to be to hands and feet, and you never know when God's going to put someone in your path to share the gospel with. So, Well, and we've been seeing that as we... Doug teaches on Acts, right? The, we know that the holidays are a tough time for Very a lot tough. of people, w- whether you're homeless or not, right? I mean, we were mentioning homelessness specifically, but we know it's a tough time for, for lots of people, even people who might appear on the outside to be doing just fine. 
And, and yeah, and with the scriptures, I mean, we're talking about how Paul was getting discouraged and how right. God put these encouragements in his life. Exactly right. And the holidays, we're coming in that season where people, it's so easy to get discouraged and to think you're alone, to think you, you're not going to make it, your next meal, all those things. And so you just never know yeah. how God's going to use us. Yep. And it ties nicely in with the scriptures we're studying. And the Acts, I love the name of the book by itself. Yep. The Acts. That's right. The uh, Acts of what the What we did, what they did after Christ uh, left yep. and, and left us in charge. That's right. <laughs> well, um, it's also a great time to um, minister to your own family by including them in serving, oh, right? Absolutely. And, absolutely. And it's a great modeling opportunity for us with our kids and with our grandkids and you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people who talk about their memories of holidays, and and I would include myself in this, and you probably are the same way. I, I re- of course, I remember being together with my family, but I also remember doing specific things to serve doing something that my parents do. initiated or that my grandparents initiated, and I think that's a great way it's to— It's the doing part yeah. that I think really—it, like, solidifies that memory. It solidifies that—those acts of service. I, you can't— well, we don't want to preach to the choir. We know the listeners get it, but we just want to encourage you out there to uh, to be thinking like this and to put this front of mind. Because right. I know Satan wants to throw you off and throw curveballs and, no, 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 this is more important. No, no, no. Well, maybe it isn't. Yep. Maybe it isn't. And I'm glad you brought up that all that ties in with what we've been studying um, in, in eight, one, 18, 1 to 11, and the four ways that Doug brought up that God encourages Paul here in Corinth, um, and we can take those lessons and, and apply them. I, I think that, you know, I had this note for later, but it's a good time to mention it now that, you know, as God conforms us to the image of Jesus, right, we know we're made in God's image. We know as being part of his family and adopted into his family, He Romans says he's conforming us to the likeness of his son. That's the goal, right? That's sanctification, is to conform us to the likeness of Jesus. And a huge part of God's nature, of Jesus' character, is encouragement, right? So not only do we need encouragement, right, we we get it from him to give it to others. You know, we mentioned uh, the, the passage from Corinthians the other day about that we go through sufferings to be comforted by God so that we can pass on that comfort and encouragement to others. And so, uh, you know, we, we get this not to, like we talked about last week, not just to keep it to ourselves, but to have it be an outflow to others. And I, D- David, you're hitting it on. And I think it's the hardest thing as we walk in this crazy world and we're trying to understand God and where are you? And, and, and we, there's a scripture that I was built into it throughout the, the program about in James 1, 2 through 8, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials. I'm like, I, I don't like that word. I, why do you have to put pure <laughs> and joy in the same sentence as facing trials? And I look at what Paul did. He's leaving court. He is discouraged. He has been beat up. And as we chart into chapter 18, um, look what God does. And maybe I, if you're about to read the scripture, I'll hit those four points. Mm-hmm. Divine appointments, divine affirmations, divine alternatives, right. and divine authority. And as we read that scripture again, we'll build into it. Divine appointments, divine affirmations, divine alternatives, and divine authority. 
and we see that yep. in just these short 11 verses. Yep. But. Well, and, and as just to remind listeners that the model we've been trying to use the last uh, couple of months here on Fridays is is a model of looking at a particular passage, the passage that we've been studying all week, and taking that passage and applying kind of four questions to that to that passage. What jumps out at you from the text? And certainly those points that you mentioned jump right out, right? That That's what Doug's been going over, that, that those the divine appointments, affirmations, alternatives, and authority. Um, what jumps out at you from the text? Uh, with whom do you identify in Who the text? Who do you identify with? And then uh, what do we learn about God? What do we learn about people from the text? And then finally, our... our, our so what? So what? What, what are, are we, you going to do about What it? do we do with it? And, and how do we live differently um, because we've been in that particular part of God's Word? So let me read um, the Scripture, uh, Acts 18, verses 1 to 11, and then we will get into the discussion that we've just been, been uh, teasing, if you will. So verse uh, chapter 18, 1 to 11 of Acts. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth, and he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. And he, he Paul, went to see them. And because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with the word, testifying to the Jews that the Christ was Jesus. And when they opposed and reviled him, he shook out his garments and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on I will go to the Gentiles." And he left there and went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God. His house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord together with his his entire household. And many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were baptized. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking, and do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you. For I have many people, I have many in this city who are my people. And he stayed a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Boy, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. (laughs) There's a lot of great stuff there. But uh, just kind of getting back to what you were saying, you know, what stands out from the text? And maybe go back to your four points there. Well, you know. When we ask, like, who do we identify with, what jumps out at us, and, and, and I look at the encouragement aspect of the lesson, and uh, I, I look at Aquila and Priscilla, that um, they were there as he sought out, uh, he found a Jew. Paul was looking, and like, I, you know, he was now in a new city, he's discouraged, and God brings these two people together. And I looked at they were, they're both tent makers. God has done so many things in my life where, you know, he would bring some common connection, some common bond. And it was like just what Paul needed, a common connection, common thinking, common encouragement. And, uh, but then I thought, you know, there are times in my life where I needed the encouragement. I was the Paul. I was like, I'm going through 
as I was talking about, you know, finding it pure joy in my job. Like, there's no pure joy here right now. And God <laughs> would always bring somebody that would bring that comfort you talked about. Mm-hmm. But then there are times as we live life and we go through that, I'm the Aquila and the Priscilla. Right. I'm the one bringing encouragement to others. I, I remember one time I was out of work and I'm trying to interview and get a job and everybody, I'm all the... These guys are calling me. He's like, hey, Bob, can we, I, I lost my job. Can we go have lunch? I'm like, and, and I was having more guys calling me about going to have lunch. About, And I'm like, I need to be looking for a job. I was going through my own trial, but God was using me to encourage others. Oh, it's okay. Keep interviewing. It's Keep that this passage thing. from Keep Corinthians about oh we go through stuff and we're comforted by God so we can comfort I'm, others. Right? It was like, oh, my gosh. And it's, it's, it's amazing, I think. So when I... What jumps at me at the text and what jumps at me about who to identify with, uh, as I get older, you can probably in these texts you can identify with more than one player, depending on your, your, your life stage, right? But it really jumped out of me about how God will bring people together to encourage both ways. It's 100% yep. in both directions. That's that right. Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens an iron. Yep. And, and, yeah, that was... That's what hit me yeah, the most, I think. I, I about agree, this. and and just maybe what to add on to what you said. I I had all those things kind of in my notes, but but also um, the fact that Aquila and Priscilla were there because Claudius, the emperor, God orchestrated it, <laughs> ordered all the Jews out of Italy, out of Rome, and so they wind up here. And and I'm going to tease a little bit what what we'll be teaching next week. But Paul has to go before Gallio, this tribunal here, in the next verses in chapter 18. And Satan is behind that attack, and it's mm-hmm. like Satan thinks, okay, he's going to stop Paul. And in the same way, maybe here, Satan's thinking, all right, I'm going to get all the Jews and get some of these believers out of Rome, and they wind up doing the exact opposite. We'll talk a little more about that when we come back from the break. There's there's other examples in Scripture where God flips the tables, where, where men being used by Satan, who's behind these attacks, think they've got God's people, and God just flips the tables on them, so... We're going to take a break here at the bottom of the hour for the news. Glad you're with us on SWAT Radio. We are talking about Acts chapter 18, verses 1 through 11. David Gray and Bob Grauman with you. Glad you've joined us. And come on back after the news. We'll be right back. there when we come back on because i want to let the song go i love that song. that's a great that's, that's song a great brotherhood song man that's like great song brother yeah. let me be there for you man that's, that's right. a great song well we are looking at acts chapter 18 verses 1 to 11 and as we've been doing on fridays looking at it from the standpoint of a few questions what jumps out at you from the text uh who do we identify with um 
what do we learn about God and what do we learn about people from the text and how can we live differently because we've been in this particular text. And again, Brad kind of started this uh, several Fridays ago, and the idea is um, we talk a lot about on, on SWAT radio about building disciples, right, that we are followers of Christ and that we are um, in the Jewish tradition um, rather than just get a lot of head learning, the Jewish tradition was to follow their teacher and to be like him and to, to, to mimic him. And Jesus told us to follow him and to then make other followers, to make disciples. And so I know Brad's intent in trying to kind of format Fridays this way was to model taking the passage of Scripture that Doug's been teaching on and then on Fridays um, kind of going through it using these four uh questions as a guide so that if anyone uh, who's listening is either studying themselves, it's a great way to study the scripture yourself with these questions, but also when you're, when you're discipling someone or going through scripture with someone, this is a great um, kind of structure to use as you go through it. And especially if let's say, you know, you've got somebody and you've got, you're going to meet with them on Friday mornings and you say, okay, this week we're looking at this scripture Try to, in your own notes, answer these questions, and then when we get together on Friday, we'll go through that. And it's a good way, it's a good accountability um, process, and it's a good way to have some structure uh, to those meetings. And so that's that's really what's behind um, what we're doing. And we were just talking before the break about how Paul, you know, what jumps out at us, how Paul, quote-unquote, found, the Bible says, Priscilla and Aquila, um, but obviously God orchestrated that meeting. But Paul was looking. That's important. Paul was looking. He was looking for other believers. God, God provided gave him just that. what he needed, yeah. right? just at the right time. And he did it in a way. I, I was touching on this before the break and just wanted to finish this thought. He did it in a way that flips the script or turns the tables, however you right. want to put it, on what the forces of evil, namely Satan, are, was trying to do. And, and we're going to see this again next week. And it happens... Many times in the Bible where Satan plans an attack on God's people thinking that he's got them and God just because God is sovereign and God's in control, God flips the switch. And here, and I don't know a ton about this, but Claudius, the emperor, issued a decree, I think in about 49 AD, that ordered all Jews out of Rome. And so Priscilla and Achilla were here in Corinth because they were basically kicked out of Rome. So God, again, the evil that was behind kicking Jews or, or people of God out of Rome um, is is flipped on its head, and God uses uh, Priscilla and Aquila being in Corinth as an encouragement to Rome. And then we know we're going to see he, they leave Corinth with Paul and go to Ephesus, and they become leaders in the Ephesus church and the Ephesian church. So uh, there's nothing wasted in God's economy. It it really it really is ironic in the in the sense of how Paul's preaching in this epic arena and and you know they're just rejecting what he's saying and he literally goes next door and to people that want to receive it yeah. like he's probably gonna be going what is going on here but at the end of our scripture David I think this was so important and the Lord said to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid, but go on and keep speaking and do not be silent. Mm-hmm. So it may look like you're, you're, you thought these people were going to be ready to receive. They should have, they were, but they weren't. 
But there are people that are. And it was that I will never leave you. I never will never forsake you. And to in in Second Timothy, my son, be strong in the grace and the courage. What I see about God is that when we are in His grace and in uh, Christ, submitting to His authority, He is going to be with us. We do not have to be afraid. We can be encouraged. Yep. We can press on, and that I am going to orchestra. I'm going to give you just what you need. Yep. I'm going to give you the Aquila and the Priscilla right when you need it. I'm going to give you a prayer, a word, a vision right when you need it. And uh, I, I, I thought, you know, earlier on that uh, how do we learn? How do we grow in Christ? How do we disciple each other? And we start about what do we want to see about God and what do we want to see about his people? Mm-hmm. Well, in these scriptures, we see a lot about God. Sure. And we see how one of the greatest, you know, the the foundation of our of our uh, our belief, um, how he handled it, yep. how he walked with God, and and uh, the pure joy you see it all through his writings, right? He Paul always had he's in prison, he's writing this stuff like, yeah. how do you do that? He found joy in his trials, yep, and, and he it, understood it, how God was working. Yeah, and it doesn't mean you know I, I think that's a good point to bring up. And that question of we, somebody may be listening saying, really, I, how do I have joy in trials? And let's be clear about that. I don't think when Paul writes that or when James writes that, I don't think what's meant by that, What I don't think God meant that when we suffer and go through trials, we have to be doing cartwheels down the street. It's, right? it's not happy. We're right. not using it, that word. Right. Word, That's no a great happy. point. That's a great point. But it means despite what we're going despite through. Despite what we're going or through. Or in spite of what we're going through, we have that deep abiding sense of joy and assurance that God is with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us, that we belong to him eternally. And that as Paul writes, these are light and momentary troubles. And when I say that, let's be clear about what that means too. It's not to be trite or cliche because people go through incredibly difficult things in this life. And Paul knows that, and Paul has gone through. You think Paul at the time considered his floggings or his beatings or being stoned and left for dead a light and momentary thing? He's using that language to compare uh, what's going on here with heaven to illustrate how great our eternal life with God is and will be that we will consider these awful things to be light and momentary compared to what's going to be revealed in heaven. So... I'm I'm really glad you brought that up because it is tough to go through trials and not and, and and remain joyful. But but Doug brought up the point this week when we're dealing with other believers and we're being taught or mentored or written to, would we rather hear from someone who's really been through struggles and trials like Paul or someone who's superficial and who's preaching like a health and welfare gospel and uh you know, is just talking about superficial things. And that's how our stories become our ministry, right. that we take God's story and we flip it into our story, and our story becomes that real, authentic, and we're never called to be happy and joyful without Christ. It's in God's grace and in Christ is where we find it. Um, and that, to your point about being uh, coming alongside a brother when we've been through it, we've been through the junk, we've been through it, then we can relate and connect. And 
and find it, and we could talk about how we found it. Yep. I wasn't born knowing how to do this. It was through the trial. It was through the experience where I found, what are they talking about? I don't know what they're talking about. When the first time I read that scripture, I'm like, <laughs> this I, I, don't, I do not get this. Yep. But through life's experience and life's trials, I learned that you know, with God, can I say it? You know, the, that the, 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 the test and everything comes first and then comes the lesson. Mm-hmm. In the world, we're out there, we want, we want the lesson, everything. I'm going to take my final exam. I'm going to pass the exam. That's how we learn. That's how we do it. But with God, it's totally different. Yep. That yep. we're going to go through life. I want you to go through it together. I want you to go through it with your brother. And through that, you will learn that I never left you. Yeah. I was always there all the time. Most people, when they discover grace, you and I both know this. When you discover grace, God's grace, you discover that it was always there. Mm-hmm. But it was your discovery. It was Paul seeking the comfort. When we seek it and we go, wow, God, you were always there. Yeah. And of you course, really we never seek it because he's drawing us. It's, it's his grace that even causes us to seek it. Right, so. right, right. We had to. So anyway, um, those are all great points about kind of what jumps out at us from the text. There's so much here, and I think all that uh, stuff about Priscilla and Aquila being there, and then at the end, to your point about about God promising him that no harm would come to him, and it didn't mean he wouldn't still have struggles because we're going to see that, but it must have been a relief to Paul after everything he had been through physically to know that nobody was going to physically attack him right. during that time, and he could have some time of... Uh, assurance where he could go and and preach without the threat of physical attack. So next question, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, but with whom did you identify most in in the passage? Well, I think it was it was both of them yeah. because there are times I, I need encouragement. I I'm a people guy. I'm like it, and I'm the I'm the oldest of you know, three boy. I'm like, I need all that affirmation. I, yep. Affirmation. I need like, oh my gosh, you know that. So, but I also realized when someone shares with me like I was an answer to their prayer. Uh, one of the greatest honors I think on this planet is for God to use you to answer someone's prayer, yeah. to be the Aquila and the Priscilla that you answer. I use you to come and to find and to be a part of Paul's life and to be an encouragement, I mean, to me, that's one of the greatest yeah. honors. So I truly identified in both ways. And I, I try to instill that in my family and my friends. Like, y- you need it just as much as you give it. And you hit on it earlier that it's hard to give away something we don't have, right? right. So when we receive that comfort uh, through our trials, um, it's awesome. Like, I can give that back. I've been through what you've been through. Yep. And I can give you that encouragement. I can see the end of that tunnel, you know, the oncoming ramp, whatever. Yep. I go there. Well, I agree with you. I, I, I can I can identify with both Paul, I hope, uh, and but more with uh, Aquila and Priscilla as well. And I want to talk about that a little bit when we come back because I know we're coming up to a break here soon. But as someone who has um, relocated in my life and moved to a different spot and found found people that have been encouraging and helpful. That's a great uh, That's been a, that's, I can identify with that. So we're going to talk about that a little more when we come back for our last segment here on SWAT Radio. David Gray and Bob Drowman with you uh, live from Jacksonville here on Friday, November 4th. 
Glad you're with us. Give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a question or a comment, and we'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone, for our last segment of this week. Another great song there. <laughs> I hate to interrupt the music. Uh, but um, we're back, David Gray and Bob Grauman. Glad that you are with us. And we are looking at Acts chapter 18, verses 1 to 11. We've been talking about uh, what jumps out at us from this text, and we've kind of covered that. There's a lot of things about Priscilla and Aquila and how they got uh, where they were and uh, – talking about how God promised that no one would attack Paul when he'd be in the city and what all that meant. And we've just been talking about who we identify with from the from the text. Uh, Bob was saying that, uh, you know, really he identifies at various times in his life with both Paul and with Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, I was just starting to say before the break that I definitely identify with Priscilla and Aquila as they were native Romans, I guess, native Ital- uh, from Italy, were kicked out had to relocate here, wound up in Corinth, and they and God puts them together with Paul, the greatest missionary <laughs> in the history of, of God's church and the writer of most of the New Testament. And I guess, you know, I can relate to them from the standpoint of uh, I left where I grew up in Massachusetts and met my wife and moved to California, lived there for a few years, came back to Massachusetts, and then in 1998 came to the Jacksonville area. And didn't know really anybody here and um, certainly wasn't uh, as far along as I I hope I am now in my walk. But um, got put together through divine appointments, right, with with folks like you and with Doug and with ministries like SWAT and with the Great Banquet and with guys at, at, at the church that I go to. And, you know, there was a time in my life where I didn't really have that many Christian guy friends. And and honestly, I probably didn't want them that much. And now I don't know what I would do without them. And so I can really, I think, relate to to the two of them uh, finding Paul there in Corinth. I'm glad you brought up the relocation thing because I think 
with a guy and our jobs and stuff, we've relocated a lot. And I have this phrase, someone taught me, says, when you, when you move, you find your church first, and then you call your realtor. And that really stuck with me. Mm. I've applied that. What, what is the church? Well, the church is the body of believers. What are you looking for? You're, you're looking for the encouragers. Look for, like it says in the scripture, they were looking. They were found each other. And I, I look back, I'm, glad, I'm so glad you brought that up because every time we moved, God brought this a, a couple or a family into our lives. And I'll look back over 40 years, these friends that he brought into our lives, they're our best friends today. Mm-hmm. And th- there's this little angst when we left, I don't know about you, when we've left and they're like, why are you leaving and all that stuff? And, and it hurts. It stings sometimes when we leave these great friends, but the friendship never died. Yeah, And, and they are great friends today. And we're a little frustrated that we're not maybe geographically in the same spot. But I look back and God put these amazing people in our lives over the last 40 years that are, are game changers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. And they were divine appointments. They were divine interventions. They were divine alternatives. Yep. They were like, and right when we're down, we're down and out. Yep. Along comes a, a, a great divine intervention, appointment, yep. affirmation. And to think that God had that plan from before the foundation just, of the world is just. Doesn't a, that blow you? It's it, just like, wow. Yeah. As they, wow. as, uh, as the line from the Matrix, right? What's really going to bake your noodle? <laughs> I like that phrase. That some of the stuff in scripture absolutely bakes my noodle. Well, and, and, you know, just to, to finish on that thought, we mentioned that one of the pillars of SWAT is community. And we, you know, we've heard it said we're not meant to do life alone. Uh, we're not meant to be Lone Ranger Christians, if you will. And that is absolutely true. And, and again, I, there was a time in my life where I tried to be. It oh, did, yeah, didn't work too. out well too, me too. for me. Didn't work well. And, nope. and, and, and SWAT is a community of brothers and and of course, our wives and and families are significantly part of that too, and in, in other ways. And um, and so I would encourage anyone out there who's not part of a, a group or a study or a church to 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 find that it 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 is vital, I think, to our life. You know, the, P- Peter says that Satan roams around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour, and he's writing to Christians. And he looks there. for the vulnerable, correct? The one that's out running solo, alone, no support system, right? Uh, we, you and I would be remiss to, to, to close out this section of Scripture without that that encouragement you just said. that, And especially as men, we internalize things. We Whatever we think things that are going through life, we brought it upon ourselves, whatever we might be doing, and it's the wrong move. Yeah. And, and we just go look for it. Go look for a brother. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. Yeah. Um, I got a call from that from a brother last week, and he goes, it was a successful thing. He goes, my job is great. My marriage is great. My kids are great. It's killing me. Mm. It is totally killing me, and the wheels are going to fall off. And I said, praise you, brother, for calling me before the wheels fell off, before it crushed you. He said, I I know. I thank, I praise God that I made this phone call. Because he was snipping, saying things, and it was yeah. not a good thing. And so I just, we don't want to be remiss with yeah. that, that we are all going through it and we need each other. Well, it's interesting that Peter uses that language about Satan because 
I don't know about you, but I love nature shows, right? And when you see a nature show like about the Serengeti or whatever it is, what animals do the big cats go after? They go after the ones that are the babies or the ones that are sick or vulnerable or the ones that are off by themselves, that are isolated. And so that analogy that Peter uses is really interesting. Um, just finally, we last couple of questions, you know, what can we learn about God and what can we learn about people? I think we've, we've covered that, especially looking at Doug's four points about how God encouraged Paul here through divine appointments, divine affirmations, divine alternatives, and his divine authority. Um, and also we learned about people that God's people are faithful and God's people will respond to God's calling, just like Priscilla and Aquila. And we haven't really mentioned them, but just like justice or Titius justice and, and, uh, Oh, now I'm blanking on the name of the synagogue ruler. That is Crispus. I got it. Oh. Um, how they both, that God brought the two converts and that they were faithful to believe because God called them uh, and then faithful to become leaders in the church. But, but Bob, we've just got a few minutes left, and we always come to this point, right? Uh, we've talked about all this. We've heard Doug's teaching this week, and really, ultimately— the goal is for us to be fueled up by this teaching and take it out into our lives. And so, so how can we live differently based on what we've studied here in Acts 18, one to 11? You know, I, I like to always go back to the basics, especially the, the greater the trial, the greater the challenge. It's like motivation. Go back to the basics. I like the first church and, uh, uh, the first church, they gathered together. They broke bread together. They studied the scripture together and they met each other's needs. That was the first thing they did when Christ ascended into heaven. They gathered together, they broke bread together, they studied the scriptures together, and they met each other's needs. To me, when you're going through tough times, and you you be careful. If you're cruising, like my friend that called me, he's cruising. He had the wisdom from God to pause, put the pedal on the brake, say, be still. Know that I am God that I am sovereign, and you need to do the basics. You need brothers in your life. You need to be in the Word. You need to be praying. Get on your knees. What is there, no higher place than on, the knee, on your right. knees? That's right. And, and d- come together. We cannot do life alone. Christ came and said, do not do life alone. This is how we do it. We do it together. Mm. And so remember those basic things and reflect. Uh, take a pause after this program. Use this weekend while you're watching the Tennessee Georgia game. Whatever you're watching, take a pause and think about those four things. And how is God? What does God want to see me about me? What does He want me to see about Him? What does He want me to do about it? Mm. And look at those things. Am I in the Word? Am I meeting with a brother? Am I running alone? Yep. Am I? Am my wheels going to fall off? Yep. Don't wait till they do. Well, I think those are great points, and I, I do think that another you know to add to that or to. to you know, you said a lot there, so I'm probably going to be a little repetitive. But but we see that God's character here, a big part of his character, the Bible says he's the God of all comfort. And I think we could add he's the God of all encouragement. Comfort and encouragement kind of Amen. kind of go together. And so when we are down, when we are nervous like Paul was, when we are discouraged, you know, next week we're going to talk about Paul making a vow and cutting his hair. That's an interesting passage in the next section of Scripture. And the point there is, just to tease it a little bit, is that um, when Paul was nervous and discouraged, 
he didn't turn away from God in resentment or irritation or anger. He, as Doug put it, he tightened his grip on God. And I thought that was a great way to put it. And so we can tighten our grip on God and count on the fact that he will encourage us and he will comfort us so that we can be bold. Going all the way back to live boldly, speak biblically, um, suffer trustingly, and mm-hmm. share inclusively, right? We can do all these things in a tough environment that we're in knowing that God has us, that even though things will happen to us, ultimately he has us and he encourages us. And then also, to your point, I think we can live differently by by looking for people that we can encourage, right? Now, we know Priscilla kind of and Aquila passing it on. Yeah, encouraged Paul. Um, Paul was looking for them, and I'm sure he was an encouragement to them, right? So that is a gift of the spirit, right? Encouragement and comfort are a gift, are gifts of the spirit. And I think that too often I am guilty of not noticing when people need encouragement. Mm -hmm. And so this is a good reminder, this passage to me to look for those people that need encouragement. We're too busy having our own pity party. We got like, Whoa, exactly. I I mean, it's a, (laughs) we can't see it. (laughs) It's a little bit. I know people hear it all the time, but you know, when you're in church on Sunday, Look Look for people who are by themselves. Look for people who might be new. You know, check your, check your church's prayer list and find out who needs encouragement. It's amazing how often um, in my life somebody has said something to me, just maybe they meant it off the cuff or maybe they meant it just as a quick, but it's meant so much to me that, that somebody encouraged me, right? So, so are you and I back on Monday? I think you and I are oh, back here on Monday. The Sox Brothers. (laughs) With more, uh, we'll be into uh, the next section here of Acts chapter 18. We are glad you have been with us. Uh, We want everybody to have a great weekend. Uh, Be blessed and come back next week. Like I said, Doug is out, Brad is out, but we've got uh, some folks here, including myself and Bob and Taylor Johnson. We'll be back next week to, to fill in. And so have a great weekend. Be blessed. And we will see you next week on SWAT Radio. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening